This episode of Couch Communion is dedicated to all of our listeners who may be experiencing fear and anxiety right now because of everything that's going on in the world. We're here with you, and uh, it's okay to have those feelings. Also, as a note for this episode, we want to issue just a slight trigger warning. Um, besides obvious audio issues that we had with this episode, that's my fault, sorry. Um, we also want to let you know that we do discuss uh, the current situation with Roe versus Wade, as well as some situations concerning sexual abuse uh, in the church. So be aware of that. And if you don't feel like you can listen, then catch us next time. I feel, I don't even, I feel like we shouldn't even start this episode with like a, hey everyone, just no. like a, we're here. Hi. <laughs> well. We're alive. We're here. We exist. Um, we're breathing air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What a time to be alive. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, when you texted me, we're just going to jump in. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a meeting uh, with about, there's about 30 people in that meeting. And mm -hmm. we were going over student retention data. And I saw that text pop up on my phone and I was like, this meeting just started and I have to sit here for another hour. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I feel physically sick. I really, yeah. but you know, you had told me this and I uh, feel the same way. I did. I was not expecting, which is, and I'm going to preface this by saying like, what a privilege, but um, I was not expecting to have the reaction that I did. Like yeah. I expected to be upset about it. I didn't expect to be anxious and and sick. About yeah, it. that's it, sick is exactly how I felt because uh, one of my coworkers um, usually comes uh, like we talk about the hot gossip and what's going on, and she complains about her department. I complain about mine, um, but she'll just like come to my cubicle, and I'm facing away from the entrance, mm -hmm. so I always see her in my mirror that I have, and she'll just like sigh, and I'm turning around like, "Hello, what's going on?" Um, so that it, like she came over and just sighed real big, and I started laughing, and she was like, I, "You're not gonna be laughing in a second. I'm not here for like a fun time and." they just overturned Roe v. Wade. And from that point on, no work was done. Mm -hmm. That was at like 10 in the morning. I spent the rest of the day with my female coworkers um, talking about stuff. I broke the news to one of them and she just like immediately almost cried. And it was bizarre talking about this because it's in like a one of the open workspaces. My supervisor, who's a man was also sitting there and like he and I were having it 
I had to talk to him about something else. But it was weird with me and my female coworker sitting there feeling ill and like John's just going on about his life. Yeah. Like nothing has changed for him. And then just like walking around the building and like most people are just having a normal day. Yeah. I know it was weird because I work in an office of mostly women. Mm-hmm. I mean, like literally, you know, I said that and then I realized like there are two men that I work with frequently. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is mostly women. Um, and my supervisor and I had a moment where we kind of briefly talked about it, but then the rest of the day, like nobody, nobody mentioned it. I think a lot of people hadn't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. but then, I mean, like I was just kind of in my office the rest of the day on my own working, um, which was, I mean, it was surreal and, um, I, I don't know. I think I expected more people to talk about it, but we also have a space where we try not to like have a lot of divisive political conversations. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just a, it's a weird day. Yeah. I think too, a lot of what, uh, I don't want to say everyone, but most people were also feeling was that um, when they said that, like, the next things that they were going to be reviewing were contraception, gay marriage, and, like, bedroom privacy laws. Um, That was also, like, on top of that. I was like, okay, so this ball is not going to stop rolling until someone stops it. Like, I I think that's the... The cherry on top of the nightmare Sunday. Yeah. And that's the thing is like I that next no, it was that night. Yeah, that was a that was a Friday. It was last Friday. Gosh, it's already been a week. Um that night I went to my parents' house to I took my boys to my parents' house because uh, my husband was out of town and I wanted to um have somebody to help me with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember thinking, we're not going to talk about this. I'm not going to bring this up. I don't want to talk about this because I didn't, I just didn't want to get into it. I didn't want it to be mm-hmm. a thing at all. Well, my brother brought it up and, um, it didn't end up being like a thing, mm-hmm. but my mom started out like, she didn't say like, oh, that's great. But, like, she had, like, a positive note to her voice when she was mm-hmm. talking about it. And then she saw my face, and it completely switched. And yeah. she was like, you seem like you're not happy about this. And I was like, I'm not. I have a lot of complicated feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, 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 I you know, I, I want you to know that, like, I'm not happy about this. And mm-hmm. Nate, uh, my brother, brought up stuff about, like... Um, those the the cases that now they want to examine and mom was like wait what and I was like yeah so next in line will be I'll have to get a signature from my husband if I want birth control Mm -hmm. and I think I mean like she just kind of had a pause where you I mean like you literally like it was a pause as in a space of time but it was also like a pause in her mind like you could see that happening where she was going wait Mm mm-hmm 
And I think a lot of people who were gunning for it and like really wanted this to happen didn't consider that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, here's the thing. Contraception is the one that I think is going to be more, um, if that, if that were to happen, if they decided states decide, you know, what happens, I think more bipartisan anger would be happening because as far as like just conservatives and Republicans, most of the ones that I know also take birth control and are pro contraceptives, except for Catholicism. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I've just been heavily connected to a community that's, that's mm -hmm. not for that. Right. So I don't know if I worry about that a little bit more than, um, than most people. I don't know. I agree. I think, I think there's not as much support for that. I don't know. I have to remind myself too, that like, it's not even that much of a hopeful nugget, but there it is. It's just a tiny little hopeful nugget that like, it's not like they're saying, it's not like they're, they're making a ruling for the whole country. It's they're saying the States mm -hmm. decide that ruling. Right. Now, most of the States have bad rulings. But <laughs> well, here's another thing that I will be interested to see, which is now that it's not a federal thing, now that states can decide, I feel like Republicans are still going to be big mad about like abortions happening in blue states. But you don't want the federal government to make a sweeping right. decision. So I'm sorry, like you can't you can't you can't have it both ways. I mean, you cannot have it both ways. Either uh, the either big government or state government and you're going to have to get over it. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, and that's I mean, I want to stay on this topic. I don't want to switch topics right now, but I by the way, today in our in on the couch today. Yeah, we, hi. <laughs> we are uh, we basically decided to do kind of like a uh, it's July today. Today's the first day of July. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a check-in of like, uh, you know, half the year is gone. Um, what, mm -hmm. What's what been going on? Um, and a lot of, I feel like a lot of the topics are in the last six weeks. Um, yeah. <laughs> we just needed to talk. We just needed to have, I needed to have a best friend chat. Yeah. And um, I've, you know, maybe some of y'all also need a best friend chat and we will be your best friend yeah. to chat with. It's okay to be mad, and it's okay to be sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is, I don't want to move away from this, but the the thing that I, th I feel like there's so much backdrop to that particular decision. Um, one of which it would be um, the... They also, the Supreme Court also decided that is unlawful for the state of New York to require, well, I guess any state to require people to have a license for a concealed carry weapon that I, they I should no be words. allowed to have a concealed carry without a license. I, I just, it's not, that's one of those things where we're, we have so many people that are saying like, it's about the sanctity of life. It's the sanctity of life. Well, if it were about purely about the sanctity of life, we would be putting 
life at all, you know, at all stages, mm-hmm. um, at the forefront of what we decide in our politics. And I think there are people out there that do that, that they do mm-hmm. put life first in all things, but there's a far greater group of largely evangelical Christians who just want to pick at this one issue, but they also want their guns and they also want Mm -hmm. the death penalty and they also, you know, all this stuff. Right. No health care. And they, you know, they don't, (laughs) they don't want, you know, comprehensive health care. They talk bad about foster families and, um, about, um, you know, people on welfare and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm just, it has been infuriating to me to see in the past week, so many couples posting pictures on social media with signs that say like, please don't abort your baby. We'll adopt it. There are like 400,000 kids in the foster care system. Go get one of them. And I know you won't go get one of them because a, they're traumatized and you don't want to deal with that. They might have behavioral issues. Oh my gosh, how terrible. Um, They probably don't come from a quote unquote good background. That's why they're in foster care. And by that, I mean like they probably are lower socioeconomic or um, single parent households or whatever that are like stigmatized. Um, There may have been drug use in the family, whatever. Like, and these upper middle class white evangelical couples just want a cute little innocent baby that they can save yeah from being aborted and it's like do you want to help or not like you i i'm done like stop acting it's like you're a savior help. it's you're wanting not. to help when it looks fashionable yes and when it's easy yeah and thought i mean I have a friend who I used to work with um, who is a foster parent and has documented her journey as a foster parent on Facebook in such a beautiful way. Um, And she constantly talks about like how hard it is to remind herself every day that um, her goal is not to keep this child and make Mm -hmm. it make this child like, fully a part of her family she has made the made this kid a part of their family like he is a part of their family 112 percent. but she has to remind herself constantly my goal here is to make sure that he gets back to his mom right and in doing that um they've made they, they have to make their they have to make his his family part of their life and mm-hmm. part of their goal and like part of their mission. And that is to me, that is the sacrifice that is bigger than, Oh, we'll adopt your baby. No, yeah. it's, it's creating genuine connection and community with people and supporting people. Even when you don't want to, even when right. you, everything that you've been taught before says like, Oh no, don't associate with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, not to be hypocritical, but like, would I be a foster parent? I don't know. Not if I'm not married. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing any children as a single person. I've decided. <laughs> um, 
I, I once upon a time said like, I'll adopt kids if I'm 35 and not married. No, I don't <laughs> think I will. I don't think I will. That clock's um, ticking. I know. I have four years and some change, but kids are, you know, a lot. And God bless single mothers. Yeah. Single parents I just in general. Pro- single yeah. parents in general. I'm probably just not going to be one by choice. Um, but yeah, it's hard to be a foster parent. It's not just... I mean, I don't think, you know, uh, even talking about this, I don't think it's so much that, like, everyone should feel bad if they don't. No. Like, you know? No. But I think if you're going to put yourself out there on social media and talk about how much you love kids and you love babies and you want to adopt children, I don't think people should feel guilty yeah. for not adopting yeah. kids or not. You know, you can only do what you can do and that's fine that's right but yeah but if you're gonna put yourself out there on social media and talk a big game put your put money your money where your mouth, mouth is, is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. go adopt a foster child or foster a foster child don't you know yeah that's literally what the that's why they're called foster yeah parents you're fostering um yeah i just i don't know i also I in light of the road decision like I'm so irritated with the adoption system and with the fostering system I'm it just makes me that much more irritated mm-hmm. because you're forcing a lot of women to decide to go that route and it's not it's not a route that anybody cares enough about to actually to actually make good and make and to fix it, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, yeah. Also, I think I think it's important to say that like one of our friends posted something earlier today about like I shouldn't. <sighs> the thing that really gets me is like that in the state of Kentucky because I did go and read the law uh, after. Uh, the decision I went and I found the actual trigger law that we have in Kentucky and I read it and it was annoying. Um, and that's putting it lightly. Um, most laws are made so that regular people can understand them. No, it and wasn't I'm learning that it wasn't annoying in that way. It was annoying oh. in the way that, um, it was written just vague enough to make people afraid basically. Yeah. Like, it says it states that the only instance in which in which an abortion an abortive procedure can be performed in which it and it doesn't even say it like that because they don't want to use language like that because they want to make it sound mm-hmm. like all lovey-dovey um but uh, the only instance is in a life-threatening situation and it's up to the physician to decide what you know, according to, quote, normal medical practice, or I think it said, I think it said normal medical practice, might have said reasonable medical practice, what a life-threatening situation is. Mm-hmm. Now, the mother can't be prosecuted, but the practitioner can. And so that means that your doctor is sitting there going, does this count as reasonable medical practice if mm-hmm. I if I follow this course of action? Or do I wait until it's very, very clear that this person's life is in danger? Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't have to be 
the conversation. Like, I shouldn't be having to sit here and talk about why it's bad just because of those situations. Those situations are bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just about that. Um, You know, it's about women not having control over their own bodies in a large majority of the country now. And you better hope that you have a doctor that is, has enough integrity to take your, you know, yeah, to take you seriously and mm-hmm. the danger that you might be in seriously. Because maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be like, you know what? I'm not risking getting prosecuted. And it, because someone's going to have to come back, come through and like review every procedure that they do yep. to make sure that it's legal. And yeah, yeah. And that's stupid. It's just, stu- it's asinine. It is just. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I just, yeah. I do, here's one thing that, um, I have seen a lot about ectopic pregnancies Mm -hmm. and a lot going around about it. And I've seen some people saying that, like, now, if you have an ectopic pregnancy, you can't do anything about it and da-da-da-da-da. I don't think that's true. Um, I think... Most, if not all, trigger laws that are happening right now do have the clause of, like, if the mother's life is in danger. That's the only serious injury that ours right. has. Yeah. Right. Um, so I do hope that in this discussion that people will talk from a credible stance mm-hmm. um, and not fear monger. Because I understand that it's scary. Like, and I think that we should all be wary. But what I don't want is for liberal people especially to get in that like I don't I don't want conservatives to be able to talk about fake news anymore I don't want it I don't want to hear it and so I think we all need to also be aware of the sites that we're getting information from or the sources that we're getting information from Um, because there's also no point in scaring people more than it already is terrible. Well, and that happens on both ends, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and it's irritating on both ends. Yeah. Because uh, I, I definitely have some conservative Facebook friends who say things like, well, you know, um, there's research that shows that, like, uh, not all ultrasounds are accurate and a lot of times they can be wrong and your baby's really fine when they think that your baby's not going to make it. And that's not even a conversation we should be having. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care about that. <laughs> and that's an equal measure of like fear mongering into like mm-hmm. saying, well, maybe I shouldn't make this decision even yeah. though my doctor is like 99.99% sure that my baby is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's just, but you know, what's great about that is you have the choice to you know? decide because you have bodily autonomy. And if you want to have your baby, even if you think it might kill you, you can do that. You can do that. You can make that choice for yourself. Yeah. Um, also if I hear one more person talk about late term abortions and how, the liberals are just killing babies as soon as they're born. Like what the, what? That's like, what in the QAnon satanic predator ring? Yeah. That's like, is that lizard people like level of conspiracy theory? Wild. I'm going to eat some popcorn. 
Go for it. Listeners, I'm sorry you have to hear me eat popcorn, but um, just so you know, I make really good popcorn. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. I pop it I on actually, the stove, and it's very I'm good. very jealous. Um, I wish I could come over and snack some. Part of me is mad because... I feel like all of those crazy people at Igthus won, you know? Mm. Like, all those crazy people who made me look at photos of aborted babies and who were so manipulative and so, I don't know, just like, I feel like you can be so hellbent on what you think is a good cause that you end up that you end up, like, diving into, like, this dark mirror version of yourself Mm -hmm. where you're just, like, it's like that, it's like that dip from, from, um, lawful good to chaotic good. Yeah. But the good is questionable, and it's like, (laughs) it's like you're dipping into the chaos where you suddenly flip into, I will make this happen no matter what it means I do to somebody. Um, I do want to, if you're okay to talk about this, Mm because this is another thing. Um, it's interesting living in this time. What a time to be alive. Let me just reiterate again. I've said this many times in the last week. I I don't like this timeline. It's the worst one. Stop the ride. I I want to get get off. off. (laughs) Um, but I think it's important to acknowledge that we have not always felt this way about Roe v. Wade and about abortion. Yeah, yeah. No, it is important. It's very strange, and I don't think we're the only people in this boat, but it is very strange. I Thinking about Ichthus, mm-hmm. which, if you're listening, that's like a Christian music festival in our state. Um, um, it's the largest Christian music uh, festival in the country, I'm pretty sure. I'm so sorry. Was. Yeah. Was. Moment yeah. of silence. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, but yes, I recall very concretely uh, going to one of those tents that was an anti-abortion tent and they had binders of pictures of what abortion really is and um, they had like stencils that you could get stuff spray painted. I So I had a shirt on that was like a Christian shirt and I got it spray painted and I wish I could remember what it was. It was something like protect the right for life or something mm-hmm. like slogany. Um, and I remember when I got rid of that shirt too of looking at it and being like, I don't know that this was like years ago. Yeah. I was like, I was already conflicted enough that I was like, I really don't want to like wear this out in public. I don't super stand behind this anymore. Um, but it's, it's hard. Cause yeah. I have been where these pro-life people have are. I've been there and I've thought the same things and I've, shut off any empathy (laughs) to it and you know made the arguments about it's not about women it's not about women it's about babies yeah i've done it and i hate that i hate that 
And I try to have grace for myself because it's how I was raised and I didn't really know differently. You know, I was not exposed to other points of view. And, you know, when you learn more, you grow. And so it is what it is, but it's just a weird, it's weird to be on this side of the fence Yeah, with all this happening. And to be honest with you, I, I mean, like I was in a situation where up until literally two and a half years ago, about, it was, I mean, it was not that long ago, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of the fact that you could be pro-choice without being like pro-abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. Because I was standing in, in our friend's kitchen mm. and um, and we – I don't know how we got on the topic. Uh, but I said something like, well, like I don't like abortion. Like I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to exist. But I don't feel like I can decide for someone based on my own beliefs about abortion what they can do in that situation. Like I don't think that I can tell anybody what they can do when they're faced with that choice, regardless of what their attitude towards it is. Mm. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, that's like the definition of being pro-choice, right? And I was like, (laughs) wait, what? Uh, I literally didn't, I didn't know that you could be that. And yes. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is that I think a lot of people put themselves in boxes and like, even me saying that I didn't know you could be that. Like, that's not mm-hmm. a thing to be. It's just a thing to think. And so much of identity has been wrapped up in whether or not you say yes or no on this issue. Mm-hmm. And, like, genuinely, I think people really do feel very aggressively about it. Like, it's not that. But I think there is, like, a portion of it that's, like, if you if you knew that you didn't, that you wouldn't lose yourself if you let go, like mm-hmm. you wouldn't lose who you are. If you let go of this tiny thing, then maybe mm-hmm. like people wouldn't be as, as just horrible about it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a lot of doubling down. Yeah. On just, yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, I don't know. You and I have talked about, and we talked about this uh, the other day we've talked about having an apology tour uh talking about all the things that we've changed our minds about and it's okay like that's the other thing is like nobody feels like it's okay to change their mind mm-hmm. and it's i have changed my mind a billion times i have changed what i thought a billion times i if if 14 year old jordan <laughs> <laughs> could meet 30 year old jordan oh god i mean like i don't goodness I don't, I think I, I think I would, I think 14 year old Jordan would be like, I'll pray for you. Um, <laughs> I'll pray for your soul. Uh, and yeah, I think 14 year old Sarah would be very surprised. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. Um, I'm just sad. I'm angry and I'm scared and I don't like it. Same. And I think that's okay. Um, I, so I had therapy yesterday and, uh, like as soon as, you know, Georgianne and I are 
hello, how are you? How's your week been? Whatever. And so she's like, well, you know, we have this planned module that we're doing, but is there anything else you, you know, wanted to get to today? And I immediately was like, I'm just not emotionally okay <laughs> after Friday. I'm not okay. And she immediately was like, oh, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, it's not okay. None of us are okay. <laughs> and she was talking about how, like, there's a they a lot of mental health practitioners had like a town hall talking about how to help clients with all of the feelings surrounding them um and we had a long conversation that i think was very helpful about um like feeling guilty for not being able to do everything for everyone mm. Because I was saying, like, whenever things like this happen, like, I feel bad anytime I'm, like, not learning about it or anytime I just want to get on TikTok to, like, watch funny videos. And I, as soon as someone talks about the issue, I scroll past because, like, I just don't want to see it right now. And, you know, I should be out there marching and I should be whatever, whatever. Um, And those things are all good. Like, I'm not saying they're bad. But I think with all of this going on we can't feel guilty about taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't do those things on an empty tank. Like, yeah, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes all you can do is just like sit in the moment and realize that like in this moment, I'm here, I'm present, I'm doing the best I can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things are really hard and that's okay. And we're going to get through it. As my mom used to say, we're going to cry and then we're going to get through it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I say all that to say, I hope if you're listening to this, I hope you remember to take care of yourself because this is, this is hard stuff. This is like really difficult and very emotional Yeah. and don't feel guilty about taking a mental break because for sure you gotta, you just gotta, you simply must. Yeah. Well, we do want to talk about the rest of the first half of this year, um, or at least some hot button issues. Um, so I think uh, we'll take a short break. We will give you a moment to breathe. I recommend it. Um, do some meditating. Like, yeah, just like, how about this? Let's do, um, I wish I could do like a guided meditation. Um, here's what you're going to do. If you're listening to this podcast, whenever you are listening, wherever you're listening, you will take a moment. See, I feel like I'm telling you to do it now. You don't have to do this, but like, (laughs) maybe, (laughs) maybe if you want to, (laughs) um, you can choose to, um, take a second, pause the, uh, the podcast after we, uh, cut out for break, take a deep breath in for two beats and let it out for four beats and do that four times and then hit play again. Um, I think that would be good. And it is a mac and cheese bar with lobster, 
shrimp or chicken that you can add to your mac and cheese. And um, I have never identified with something so hard. <laughs> Truly game changing. They put it in a cocktail glass. Oh my gosh. And there's the lobster. My only qualm with this is if you're going to have a mac and cheese bar, you better be giving me like a tankard of mac and cheese, not a cocktail glass. <laughs> That's like a little martini of mac and cheese. I need yeah. I need like Grog Strong Jaws ale cup. Yes. To Don't hold be giving me no this mac and cheese. Do you remember <laughs> Do you remember in college when um some nights for dinner we would just like cook a pot of mac and cheese and yeah. sit with two forks and just sit and eat a pot of mac and cheese. Mm. Mm. That freshman 15 was great. Yeah. Except, yeah. well, for me, your freshman 15 was negative 15. <laughs> so it was more like the junior jump than the I freshman 15. I was going to say, 15. yeah. My jun- sophomore and freshman year, I had uh, you were anxiety. Se- you were severely anxious. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, was not, not, I wasn't helping. Um, well... Isn't it interesting how, like, you look back on your life and you're like, that was mental illness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was not a normal way for me to feel. <laughs> Maybe I should have done something about that sooner. That's just like me looking back at grad school, the first the first round, mm-hmm. uh, when I was on the diet pill. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that was speed. <laughs> That's why I was so productive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... The thing that I know about the... Welcome back, everybody. I'm just assuming we're going to start with the mac and cheese. Um, Okay. (laughs) uh, One of the things that we were going to chat about uh, is the scandal in the Southern Baptist Convention. The one that we all knew was coming. Yeah. Um, And the the revelations that there had been cover-ups of abuse and... Um, which I for one was shocked <laughs> we were <laughs> so shocked I, I, and I think we had mentioned I, I feel like we maybe have mentioned this on the podcast before where it's like the Catholic Church gets a bad rap all the time I mean justly about abuse in terms of like sexual abuse but like it's not like it's not happening in other places right it's happening, and we knew it was happening. We just didn't talk about it, and now we're talking about it. I think we talked about it during our purity culture episode. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that is so infuriating is I saw on TikTok, and I cannot remember who made the TikTok, um, but they were scrolling through the pages and pages and pages and pages, and pages of the report, and it was just names. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was pages and pages and pages of names of the victims. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, it, to me, it, it's like there's so much hubris that goes behind, like, covering stuff up for that long. Yeah. And I, th- I don't think a lot of people thought they were covering something up. I think they thought they were just 
not dealing with it. Like, not, like, I'm not, I'm not going to handle this. We're going to let somebody else handle this. We're going to let God handle this. Or we're going to let, you know, this other person handle, nobody's handling it. And nobody took responsibility for it. And that's something that, like, um, I get real irritated about really quickly, especially in faith circles, is, like, yes, you know, we're called to be loving and give grace and, and all this stuff. But we are also called to be responsible for stuff. Mm-hmm. And that is to me one of those things it's like you were responsible for this you were responsible to report it or you know not necessarily report it but to actually take care of the situation and you didn't and it i yeah i have like a really weird i have like a really weird feeling about that that's like it's not weird but like it's a very specific feeling where, I mean, I, I obviously get irritated at pastors for stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But the thing that really just drives me up a wall more than anything is when people don't take their responsibility seriously. And the weight of their position seriously. Right. I, I keep thinking in my head the phrase, the buck stops here. Um, but, but I think I latch onto that phrase a lot because like, that is a a part of leadership that I really, um, that's a sticking point for me that like, that is an aspect of leadership that like you, you will take responsibility for this regardless of whether or not you think it's your fault. Right. Right. And that wasn't happening. I wonder too, as far as like them not thinking of it as a cover-up. I, I don't even know if it's like a we'll have someone else deal with this. I think to them covering it up is dealing, dealing with, with it. it. And making it go away is solving the problem. If they when even it's see not. that they, there is a problem to them. Right, right. You know, I... Oh my gosh, I think about... I'm sure you saw this. Um, did you see the video of the guy at the church i don't know if he was the pastor he was confessing about his his affair Mm -hmm. that turned out to be like statutory rape a girl who was 16 and then she got up with her husband and like ripped him a new one Mm -hmm. and then everyone afterwards laid hands on the pastor and like prayed over him there were people in the crowd that did call him out and were like you need to like tell us the truth like what's going yes, on here yes but yeah. it but it definitely was not a supportive space for that woman and her and her husband no and that's like as far as we are i say we but a lot of people are extremely quick to forgive people in positions of authority in a church and extremely quick to judge mm-hmm. others victims and yeah. yeah and it's so backwards yeah. It did kind of feel like when that news broke, it was funny to me, like in a sick way. It was funny to me because um I saw it uh, I saw it like it announced and I thought I literally immediately thought, Oh well of course. Like 
I wasn't shocked in the slightest. Mm-hmm. And it felt a little bit like a reckoning. I was like, all right. Yeah, now y'all are going to um, come to face with it. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I've got this article pulled up from Christianity Today mm-hmm. uh, titled, This is the Southern Baptist Apocalypse. <laughs> And if I may, not to be dramatic, but I would love to just read a section. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, it's uh, let's see who wrote this. Russell Moore is the author of this. Um, The the first lines are they were right. I was wrong to call sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention a crisis. Crisis is too small a word. It is an apocalypse. Um, So he's, you know, talking about how. He really thought that he could not be surprised anymore with anything. And um, so it says, and yet as I read the report, I found that I could not swipe the screen to the next page because my hands were shaking with rage. That's because as dark a view as I had of the SBC executive committee, the investigation uncovers a reality far more evil and systemic than I imagined it could be. The conclusions of the report are so massive as to almost defy summation. It corroborates and details charges of deception, stonewalling, and intimidation of victims and those calling for reform. It includes written conversations among top executive committee staff and their lawyers that display the sort of inhumanity one could hardly have scripted for villains in a television crime drama. It documents callous cover-ups by some SBC leaders and credible allegations of sexually predatory behavior by some leaders themselves, including former SBC president Johnny Hunt, who is one of the only figures in SBC life who seem to be respected across all of the typical divides. And then there's the documented mistreatment of the executive committee... No, I'm sorry. And then there's the documented mistreatment by the executive committee of sexual abuse survivor, of a sexual abuse survivor, whose own story of her abuse was altered to make it seem that her abuser was a consensual affair, resulting, as the report corroborates, in years of living hell for her. Um, For years, leaders in the executive committee said a database to prevent sexual predators from quietly moving from one church to another to a new set of victims had been thoroughly investigated and found to be legally impossible given Baptist church autonomy. My mouth fell open when I read documented proof in the report that these very people not only knew how to have a database, they already had one. Yep. So, um, that's what we had talked about before. Yeah. Was pastors that were able to like, just kind of quietly, leave their churches because of these allegations and then pop up anywhere mm-hmm. and become a pastor again. Yeah. Um, so after the report, there was a secret file at the SBC Nashville headquarters. It held over 700 cases. Not only was nothing to done, nothing done to stop these predators from continuing their hellish 700. crimes. 700. 700 staff members were repeatedly told not to even engage those asking about how to stop their child from being sexually violated by a minister rather than a database to protect sexual abuse victims the report reveals that these leaders had a database to protect themselves i won't read the whole article but it's very good um and i just 
it is just wild to me how I know that there's the phrase of like absolute power corrupts absolutely I was literally just thinking yeah yeah yeah. it's wild to me that as soon as you put any human being in power no matter what role no matter what group what organization they will find a way to just become evil like well that's the thing is that a pastor if a pastor's position is not supposed to be a position of power it's not it was never i mean like if you look at jesus Mm -hmm. ultimate power of the entire universe completely capable of whatever he wanted to do and he washed feet he mm-hmm. he said the least of these mm-hmm. and i think that was that was the part of the point was saying like you're never going to get anywhere in positions of power mm-hmm. and especially you're not going to get anywhere close to me right because pa- that's what power does having power over somebody else having that hierarchical relationship over somebody else it does absolutely corrupt Mm -hmm. which is also why american evangelicals need to stop stop trying to get power over people by making themselves the political party of the country and making us a christian nation that does not need to happen jesus said nothing about that Mm -hmm. we are not god's Mm -hmm. chosen nation stop it (laughs) Get some help. <laughs> and here's the thing. Nor do we need to be. You know? No. No. Like, we don't... That's not... That is not necessary for the country to survive or for Christianity to survive. Mm-mm. No. I don't... No. I think I get more and more disillusioned by the day. I'm gonna get real dark. Mm-hmm. Um, Not real dark. But... I think when I say the word disillusioned, it feels like a much darker term. Uh, I think I get more and more disillusioned by the day that we're in our religion, our religion, this, this thing that we share. We are called to be peacemakers, to be servants, to be people who love and people who welcome and people who open their homes and their hearts and their everything to anyone and i just i know there are good people and i know there are people doing that and i see people doing that and i am glad i see that but i just feel like there's just this wave of people who just don't get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, not in the slightest. To see, see this still as a game of right and wrong, and I'm right and you're wrong, when that's not the game at all, it's not a game. It's... It's... It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if some of it is generational and maybe i'm just saying that to make myself feel better um but i think a lot of the like christian nationalism Mm -hmm. is very much a boomer trait 
not completely, but um, I think a lot of the like world wars and um, Vietnam and Korea and all this stuff intersecting with the rise of the moral majority mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like, I feel like really cemented this feeling of superiority in that generation and put it hand in hand with America. And as things changed, I feel like people who are more conservative feel like they are out of control. They don't have control. Mm -hmm. And so now they are doing whatever they can to be in control and to win, but that's not control and power. They've lost the the mission. Like they have lost the plot. Yeah. I did 700 cases. That just makes me sick. Yeah. In like a way that's like I'm 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 angry, but I think it's wrapped up like it this word is not big enough, but it's wrapped up in this feeling of I'm so disappointed. Yeah. You know? Like that's where that's where I come from. And I, you know, you look back at that and you go, I'm just so disappointed mm-hmm. that, I don't know, that that's part of my religious ancestry, you know? Right. Right. And just having to be tied to that, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. It's gross. It's and I gross. hope that, I hope that with this investigation that change will follow. I hope that this has been a wake-up call for a lot of people. I don't know. I hope. Um, You know, I see a lot of people pushing for change and doing a lot of great stuff, and that makes me hopeful. So um, this shouldn't have had to have happened for change, but... 700 cases, but you know what? We can all celebrate because we're allowed to pray in schools. I was just about to say that. Okay, I have to, I think I told you this already on this topic. Uh, I was with my family for Father's Day. And I was with my stepdad's side of the family, um, kind of. Uh, And they're all very conservative. They live in smaller town, Kentucky. And um, I don't even know how we got on the topic. You know how old people like to talk about the generation these days. These kids don't blah, 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 blah. And someone at the table said, you know, I just think it all goes back to when they took prayer out of schools. And I couldn't tell if they were kidding. I Like, because that to me was such a stereotypical stupid thing to say. <laughs> it was stupid. And... But I'm pretty sure they were serious. And I just kind of had to sit there and be like, do you really think, you really think that people are gay now? They've always been gay, but you think gay people have rights now because prayer was taken out of school. That's the, that's the root of everything. It's definitely that. It's that we're not forcing kids Let's take to a step pray. back. Let's take a step back. You really think they took prayer out of school? That, too. Just because you can't make other people follow your religion does not mean that your rights are being taken away. People pray in school all the time. 
we prayed in school all the time. Well, but we had a 7 a.m. Um, prayer meeting at uh, Lafayette. It, 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 it was like every Wednesday or something like that. Like you could show up early. I think and... I repressed that memory. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. And yeah. we still had the Association of Christian Athletes or whatever that is. Yeah. No, um, it never went away. Um, no. And as far as this decision, by the way, we're talking about the Supreme Court decision that we talked about a few episodes oh, yeah. back. Um, the ultimate deci- decision came out um, in favor of the co- the football coach. Um, ultimately, like, I don't think we were super harsh on that dude when we talked about him the first time. And, like, I still don't think... I want to be super harsh on him now. No. But what I want to be super harsh on is this idea that like that that your your position as a public official um doesn't matter in those situations. It mm-hmm. does. It absolutely matters. It mm-hmm. absolutely matters. I work for a university. And it was made very clear to me that I represent that university in my everyday life. Does that mean I can't do things that I want to do? No. But does it mean that if I did something real bad that it would come back on the university? Yeah, absolutely. He's not doing something real bad. But what I think is really hard about this situation is that it's made it really unclear what the boundaries are. It's also made it really unclear, like, whether or not, to me at least, it's made it really unclear whether or not, like, any old person could go pray to any old god at the end of the football game and would they have the same rights. You know? I mean, the answer is, I don't know. That Legal, you're right. The answer legally, is- yes. Societally. Legal, legally, yes. And I honestly, I I almost wish someone would. Yeah. I wish. I saw a, a meme on Facebook today that was like, um, just so you know, guys, prayer's allowed in school now. So go get your book of shadows. Go get your yeah. Quran. Go get your um, Star of David. Go get your Torah. Go get your, you know. Yeah. It was like all this stuff. Just like saying, get your tarot cards. Get everything out. <laughs> yeah. I I wish people would to be honest also like not to minimize but is this really what we care about <laughs> you know i people are, kim there's people that are dying and we're arguing about <laughs> whether a football coach can pray on the field i don't care yeah. i don't care i'm honestly a little bit surprised that they ruled in his favor gonna be mm-hmm. totally honest because yep. it, it was made to sound like the whole court was just kind of like i don't know what we do with this um, so I'm a little shocked that, that they ultimately went in his favor. They may have just been like erring on the side of not changing anything. Yeah. But yeah. I do I think people should be fired for expressing their religion in the workplace? No. No. Do I think <laughs> that expressing your religion in the workplace can have implications as far as like making people feel coerced yes does it is that amplified when you work with impressionable young people absolutely Mm -hmm. 
I think issues like this have also just really cemented for me that um, not everyone is as conflict-averse as me. <laughs> and some people genuinely don't care when they make other people uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I would rather die than make <laughs> anyone ever uncomfortable for any reason. <laughs> same. Same. I would just... I'd be walking out to the field going, I'm just going to stay over here on the 20-yard line at the opposite end of the field. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to, like, say a quick prayer, but I'm not even going to kneel or bow my head. I'm just going to say it to myself while staring off into the distance so that no one is bothered by my presence doing this thing. Right. And I'm pretty sure Jesus even said, when you pray, don't pray in the streets. Go back in your house and lock yourself in your closet and pray in there in secret. (laughs) And that sounds great to me. Don't make a show of it. Yeah. But that's like my praying in the back of my closet where no one can see me. That's my ideal prayer situation. That's where we get some conversations but, going. Exactly. But like there are really people out there who just don't care. I'm like, who raised you? Who? Why? It's really, it really feels weird to be talking about all of these like cases that 14 year old Jordan would have been like, Wow. Christianity is really valued in this nation. And 30-year-old Jordan is going, wow, ain't nobody understand what Christianity is. (laughs) Wow, I hate it here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, I hate it. Not that I feel like I know better. I just, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, again, I think it all comes back to... Maybe I do. Maybe I do know that. I don't know. Uh, I think it all comes back to it's very strange to uh, have changed our opinions this much yeah yeah so um however i do and this doesn't necessarily you can cut this if you want to but every day every day that i live on this planet i get closer especially in this country i get closer to wanting to do that one of the episodes that we've talked about from the very beginning which is why liberal people make me mad too (laughs) yeah yeah every day I saw someone the other day talking about Kentucky and uh, someone was saying something good about Kentucky. I don't remember it. But then on it was on Twitter. Of course. <laughs> the dumpster fire that is Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then everyone, uh, someone commented and was like, well, that's what people get for voting for Mitch McConnell. If poor, you know, and I'm like, you don't even know what it's like here. I'm going to absolutely come through this screen and throttle you. You have no idea. And, like, I... uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, why would people in this holler vote for a Democrat when most Democrats say stuff like that? Exactly. Exactly. At least Republicans are pretending to like them. Yeah. (laughs) You don't. So, um, yeah. Also, Charles Booker. Do I think he's going to win? I really don't know. I don't know. But God, I hope so. Didn't he get, like, wasn't there some kind of, like, minor scandal recently with charles booker i don't know what it was i haven't heard anything but that does not mean that there wasn't something i don't know i just would love to see mitch mcconnell go home and take a break yeah so go home take a break dude just like go be a grandpa reassess (laughs) reevaluate your priorities listen golf every day is nice yes it's nice man oh you You probably already do that you have enough money (laughs) You can go now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well. 
Were there any other, um, any other big topics we wanted to cover? Uh, the Methodists are really just having a tough time. I don't really, oh, yeah. I don't really know a whole lot about that other than, you know, again, people fighting over pe- accepting people, mm-hmm. which you know, love that. That's great. Um, <laughs> was it you the other day that I was talking to about um, someone that we went to college with posting about Lightyear? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how they it's, had an issue it's with so the... surprising that people I'm our like, age can actually have I know. those opinions. Yeah. Like out here in twenty twenty two, you really are that upset. People are still that upset. And people that I know in real life, it's not just like some crazy person on Facebook that's got their panties in a, a twist. Like Yeah. We were not friends, but we were friendly. We knew each other. And yeah, you. <sighs> it's crazy. Also, I mean, like this doesn't have any. This isn't a, like a religious connection, but I was really entertained with the reports that came out this week from the January sixth um, oh. uh, trial or proceeding, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the White House aide that testified that. <laughs> former president trump grabbed the steering wheel from a secret service <laughs> agent to try and get to the march on the capitol <laughs> um that couldn't have been more perfect information for me no i mean of course he did of, of course, course he did. of course i mean yeah. like what a horrifying day in our country and i that dude really thought he was above it like that he was not that there, none of that was going to touch him. And by golly, it may not stick, but it's, it's, it's going to touch him. And I feel like that was really the moment that I realized that, um, people who supported Trump just don't care about anything. Yeah. Because I never, even in 20, 14 if you had told me that anyone had stormed the capitol building fought police officers killed broke into the building walked onto the senate floor uh and like in different people's offices i would not have thought that republicans would be okay with that (laughs) i wouldn't i would have thought that perhaps one or two of them might have an objection. Or perhaps the party of law and order would appreciate law and order. That I don't know. Fair. Just That is some, some uncouth Democrat decorum. That is not... I know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly? I mean... Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's just... It's funny, though, because I told Mark... that testimony had come out and he just looked at me in the space and he was just like is he really gonna run again and i was like yes yes Yes, he is (laughs) because people don't care he could he literally said he could shoot someone in the middle of the street and people wouldn't care and that's true that is fully true yeah i wish it wasn't but here's the thing it's gonna get political here for a second um (laughs) so if you don't agree with our political opinions that's okay that's, that's cool. That's you're still welcome here. Um, but we're I'm gonna talk about. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing: Biden doesn't have the approval to make it. No, 
that's not going to happen unless something, I mean, like it's got to be a miracle in the next two years, but, or in the next year and a half, I guess. Um, yeah, it's just, that's just not going to happen. So, um, what are, what the, what the democratic party needs to get its head out of its butt yeah. and not put someone else up. Please, 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 please do not risk it on Joe Biden. This is not the biscuit we're going to get. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> I I didn't. I voted for Joe Biden just so everybody knows. I mean, yeah, me too, um, but I didn't I, like it. I didn't, at the time, I was like, you know, okay, I think he'll do okay. It's fine. But now I'm really feeling all those TikToks back then that were like, you're really going to make me vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. Like, please don't make me vote for Joe Biden. Well, just... you've heard the Bo Burnham song, right? Yes. I love the Bo Burnham song. Yeah. I, and then of course, Mark and I were talking about this exact same thing. And he was like, do you think Kamala Harris would run? I was like, we are not, we just took all these rights away from women we're not about to elect a female a female president. president. That's not going to happen. It's not even. That's a pipe dream. Yeah. So. Also, I don't know that I would really want her to be the one. So. Not not particularly. Here's the thing. I don't think I'm ever going to like any politician ever. No. No. Um, They're not, all. Not to say that I need a reality TV star to be president. Say, I mean, people in positions of power are suspect to me and they will always be flawed i just <laughs> but i think that's good i think anyone who's in a position of power needs people critiquing them constantly or yeah. else they will not they'll think uh, they're doing great things you know uh all vladimir putin that's the other thing we didn't talk oh about oh my god oh yeah ukraine aren't we like a hundred still sucks aren't we like a hundred and how many days? How many days into into the war? I don't know. It still sucks. It's um we we actually have an acquaintance. She's we weren't like friends. We went to college with someone who is living in the Ukraine right now, um, giving regular Facebook updates about their situation and uh they just had a baby. Mm-hmm. She and her husband just had a baby, and um getting the baby up in the middle of the night because they air raid sirens and taking the baby down to the shelter. And like, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, and that's me saying that. I mean, like it's obviously way more a lot for her. Yes. It's yeah. Um, you know, sometimes Christians like to say that other Christians like you and I are going to hell and the one consolation, if I do go to hell, is that Vladimir Putin will be there with me and I can punch him in the face as often as I want to. Because that man has a punchable face and I want nothing more in this world than for him to really just have an untimely ending. And that's not very Christian of me. <laughs> but, you know, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And I want Vladimir Putin to be wrecked. And that's all. I, you know, I have to agree with you. I, <laughs> Thank you. I just have to. Um, it's been 127 days. Yeah. It's funny. Oh, uh, that happened two days after my son was born. My second son was born. Uh, the, the actual invasion. 
and I came home <laughs> from the hospital and uh, had to edit the price of gas in his in his uh, baby book. But, oh boy! And even now, I could probably look back at it and go, oh, <laughs> but like. <laughs> remember when it was so cheap yeah but like i think it's so funny that we're all just like complaining about the price of gas like that's that's I know. the thing everything we just talked about and we're complaining about gas right uh, people yeah uh so this was very free form um <laughs> i don't know what is there any conclusion to all of that? Is there any like wrap up as far as like it's been one heck of a half a year? Yeah, um, you know the years uh, start <laughs> coming and they simply do not stop coming. It's coming out of my mouth as you say. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I feel like the takeaway is um, I'm starting to really believe that theory that we actually are being sucked in a black hole. Yeah. And the timeline's just unraveling. I hate that. I hate it so much. Um, no, I was going to say, I think the, the takeaway is that, yeah, things are awful, and we have to acknowledge that, but also, like, you got to take care of yourself, and you got to keep your mental health, you know, prioritized, and do what you can. Please help when you can. Um, oh, I did have a good news moment. Yeah. Um, it's not really a news thing. It's just a experience that was helpful. So Friday, the Roe v. Wade thing happened. Um, Saturday, I went to Pride here in yeah. Lexington. It was, was the first your, time. That, I was going to say, was that your Yeah, that was the first time I've ever been to Pride. Um, and Jordan knows this, but I was um, with a friend of mine who was in town. Her parents go to a church. Uh also kind of like two blocks away from where pride was uh and they had a booth at pride and they were giving out um they had like a cute little lego set that they were doing like a drawing for Aww. and then people could make little lego people it was really cute but they also had information about the church and oh um, i love that the idea of the yeah. lego people that you can put any of the pieces with any of the pieces yeah and I so they had like that. buckets of like legs and tops and arms and whatever so most people not most people but a lot of people were making like the different pride flags oh. um so it was very sweet uh we uh met a lot of different people it was really nice after friday to be in a space where everyone was on the same page most likely mm -hmm. like it was a very open loving cool place i did pass a street preacher so i got the full pride experience yelling in a <laughs> megaphone about how he's showing us god's love by telling us we're going to hell whatever um <laughs> it is what it is uh but you know there were a lot of people who came through and were excited to find information on a church that was um accepting of them and um there were several churches there which was nice we uh, there was also a guy who came through that was uh i'm pretty sure a satanist like tem uh satanic temple like he had the uh pentagram necklace and there was something else that like I is mean, that the uh that's the 
like we on Halloween, this. yeah, on Halloween we talked about the not like actual Satan right, worshiping, right. like it's the, it's the atheist, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but he also had his face painted like super white and then like black around it and down his neck and like a bunch of upside down crosses. So I was very surprised when he wandered over <laughs> into the church booth um, to make a Lego person. But I was like, you know what? Right on. I'm glad to meet you. Yeah. Take some, you know, and he was perfectly nice. It's not like he, you know, it was just interesting. It was an interesting moment. You know, that's um, the perspective we should all take. Right on. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad to meet you. Exactly. I'm happy to have had this experience. No, but seriously. cross like, paths with you. What a great experience to cross paths with different people that are different. Yeah. That think different yeah. things. Like, Isn't that's that crazy? such a cool, great thing yeah. to, like see the world from somebody else's eyes and understand it from their experiences instead of yours and get to know that about people. And why, why can't we just be excited about that? Uh, because it's scary and people are scared. They don't, they don't like what they don't understand. I think <laughs> there were also so many kids, which was very cute. And, uh, I went to go get lemonade and there was a girl who was maybe like, 11 or 12 with her parents and she had a lesbian flag like wrapped around her neck and was standing there with her mom getting lemonade and I was like don't mind me I'm just crying about supportive parents and it's just very cute (laughs) so um yes so I say all that to say I know things seem bad and dark but you have to you have to uh, my therapist reminded me of the Mr. Rogers quote of always look for the helpers Mm. and look for the communities that will support you and i firmly believe that there a we have more in common than we have differences with anybody and there's more of us than there are of them you know what i mean like i feel like the extremists are very loud right now and some of them might be in power but it's not going to last forever. It can't. I don't think. I, I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. I'm an optimist, but that's my takeaway. I don't know if you have any takeaways. Uh, you know, I just try to... I think I am trying to... I think, I think to your point about self-care, I am trying to remind myself that... Uh, being human comes with responsibility mm-hmm. and that um, I have always lived in a space where I really didn't have to worry about a whole lot of stuff and that's not everybody's experience unfortunately and so like as much as I'm trying to remind myself to care for myself I'm also trying to remind myself that like okay uh, you can't you can't sit this one out anymore, mm-hmm. um, and that like we can look for those spaces to do mm-hmm. something, even if it's small, um, mm-hmm. to make the world better. I don't care if it's like I don't care if it has anything to do with like any political issue. That we all have the capacity to make the world better just a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and that's important. <laughs> I would agree. And let's hope that the second half of 22 is 
um, marginally, you know what, just a little bit better. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for, but, but a meager crumb. Just a of mere better. morsel. <laughs> a mere morsel of rights or hope. <laughs> hope. Hope. Um, but you know, God is out there somewhere and <laughs> above all of this <laughs> and we have eternal hope in Jesus Christ I think I don't even know anymore I don't even know anymore <laughs> God is out there somewhere <laughs> he's doing something I, I feel like he's clocked out a little bit but you know uh, well we talked about it we can lament about that Yes, and I do I do a lot of lamenting and he's probably very tired of hearing from me, but too bad that's his job. He signed up for that. So He signed up for that. He knew when he made me. He was like, "Oh, this one's going to be a whiner, but okay." Well, uh, so this was a long one. Yeah. We, Not uh, in a bad way. Um you know, but just uh, take care of yourself, take care of the people around you, and remember that even if uh, somebody's point of view is stupid, <laughs> we can still make the world a better place for everybody, and uh, the way to do that is by being kind. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. If you guys ever want to reach out to us, we love you and we support you. And you can lament to us, too. Yeah. Oh, love a good lament. Yeah. Love a good rant. And this is anyone. Even if you disagree with every single thing that we talked about today, yeah, that's okay, too. We are still here for you. And we love you guys. Stay tuned. Stay communed. Let's go! This episode of Couch Communion was produced by us. We don't have a team for this. Music by Grace Mason. Cover art by the wonderful Sarah Mullins at Dr. Frank and Sarah on Instagram and Twitter. If you like what you heard, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. New episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.